Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following podcast contains explicit language. It's Wednesday, July 23rd, 2014 from Slate. It's the gist. I'm Mike Pesca. Politics, scandal, controversy, Montana, plagiarism. Montana Senator John Walsh appointed in February may have, uh, let's flat out say it, it very much looks like he plagiarized a paper as part of earning a master's degree. Walsh is also running to fill the Senate seat permanently. He probably wasn't going to win. Now he definitely probably isn't going to win. So at issue is a 14-page paper he wrote, The Case for Democracy as a Long-Term National Strategy. It was lifted. For instance, the case for democracy, that's a Greek word. The Greeks invented that. No, seriously, it was part of an Army War College program in 2007 that Walsh, a three-decade member of the National Guard, wrote. Walsh, by the way, as a brigadier general in Iraq, earned a bronze star. But did he invent the idea of courageous service under fire? He did not come up with that originally. Walsh also led the National Guard in Montana as they fought wildfires. From what I understand... The idea of putting water on a fire, he took credit for that. He says he calls it extinguishing. And none of the other guys in the unit bothered to look up if the idea already existed. Here, Here's a quote that he's supposed to have listed from the Carnegie Endowment for Peace. Democracy promoters need to engage as much as possible in a dialogue with a wide cross-section of elites, academics, journalists, Islamists, rather than only the narrow world of westernized democracy and human rights advocates. So that was lifted. You can't say that. Here's what you can say. Here's an original thought. We're going to smoke them out. No problem with that when it comes to Iraq policy. So I am glad this incident will probably drum this scurrilous cheat out of government. Who needs a senator who served, who won medals, who went on to become a champion of preventing veteran suicide? That's an unoriginal idea, too. This is all certainly more than a footnote. The scandal will likely be an endnote to his career. And on the spiel today, I will go from Montana a little bit to the south and a little bit to the east to South Dakota. Also, nudity uncovered, but first, the Wall Street wizard who failed to make his case. The world of Wall Street is often awash in seafaring metaphors, captains of industry steering the ship, stormy waters in the third quarter, or smooth sailing ahead. Well, there's one story that's been dominating Wall Street where a nautical metaphor comes to mind. The real-life protagonist is William Ackman, the billionaire manager of the Pershing Square Hedge Fund. Ackman is extremely successful and therefore extremely rich. When he talks up a stock, the stock moves. When he talks it down... Well, actually, that's what brings us to the stock Herbalife and the metaphor that Bill Ackman is Ahab and Herbalife is his white whale. A little background on Herbalife. Herbalife's business is to sell vitamins and supplements. Sort of. 
Herbalife's real business is to sell other people, and those are its real customers, on the idea of selling vitamins and supplements to the public. You get it? Herbalife makes its money by selling kits or even selling storefronts to licensees who then do the selling of Herbalife or maybe also sell to someone else down the line. It's called multi-level marketing. Amway works that way. It is legal. Bill Ackman thinks that it shouldn't be. He thinks it's a Ponzi scheme, and he thinks one day Herbalife will be exposed for operating this scheme. So Ackman and his fund have made a huge bet, a short sell, that Herbalife would be destroyed once the government or the public got wind of all this. So Ackman went on talk shows, he talked up his position, he made his case, or at least, let's say, he advanced his claims. And the Herbalife stock was hurt. Ackman's company even went so far as to produce a documentary chronicling Herbalife's victims. Here's some of that documentary. I was an Herbalife distributor for less than two months, and I lost almost $5,000. In the eight months that we were in, we lost at least $10,000. Oh, it's over $45,000. And Herbalife stock suffered. But Ackman has been at this game for a long time. And some prominent other investors, not to mention Herbalife's board, started to rebut the claims. Said Ackman kept raising red flags, but after a while, those red flags didn't amount to much more than colorful bunting. So yesterday was the day. William Ackman called together an auditorium filled with big Wall Street players. He would present what he promised to be, quote, the death blow to Herbalife. He'd lay out his case, and as it turned out, he would take three hours to do it. Michael Regan, who's the editor-at-large for Bloomberg, compares the length, passion, and importance of Ackman's presentation to what usually happens when an investor wants to cast doubt on a company. You know, their, their presentation is usually done, you know, I don't know, 15 minutes, half an hour. A three-hour presentation focused just on one stock. Is, I, I, I personally can't think of anything like it I, I've ever seen. But Ackman took three hours. He said Herbalife was a scam, said Herbalife was going down, talked at length about his own biography, about how his stance would one day define him. My family came to this country uh, in the 1880s. You know, my, my grandfather came from Russia, and I'm a huge beneficiary, okay, of this country, okay? Michael Johnson is a predator, okay? This is a criminal enterprise, okay? Okay, okay. Actually, Wall Street acted as if Herbalife really was okay. After three hours, all the traders kind of looked at each other and said, that's all there is? So up, up, up went Herbalife shares. The stock had its best single day ever. It went up 25% yesterday. Analysts issued advisories saying they were bullish. And Bloomberg's Michael Regan says Wall Street began to regard Herbalife as selling at a discount for no good reason. It's important to look at it in the context of the stock market as a whole, right? You know, the, the market's been rallying for five years now. Um, and then you have a stock like Herbalife. And what you have is really a, a dirt cheap stock, mainly because of all the controversy around you know, the stock did take a hit the day before uh, when Ackman was out on the television, on, on our television, talking, you know, basically saying, look, I'm going to prove this company is like Enron. Uh, you know, and as people watch the presentation, you, you know, it, the reaction was he, he just didn't make the case. Today, Herbalife gave back a little. It's down around 2%. The pronouncement, though, was clear. Herbalife wins this round. Ackman loses. Of course, you don't get to be a billionaire investor by flat out losing. 
Ackman had been buying options, not just short selling. And this means that his losses are limited, which they wouldn't have been if he was just short selling. And for all the sting and the public rebuke, Ackman's own hedge fund is still doing really well. Pershing Square Capital was one of the best performing hedge funds of the first half of the year, up 25% in the first six months of 2014, which is more than okay. We're all born with it. We mostly don't want to share it, but we're interested in other people's. What is it? The answer is nudity. Now, the opposite is we're not born with it. We're not interested in other people's, but we do want to share it. The answer to that is opinions on the gold standard. Okay, back to nudity. See, that's the appeal of nudity. When I change the subject from the gold standard to nudity, you're like, thank God we're talking about nudity. And that's what nudity does. It's everywhere, and yet somehow we're still interested in it. There are all these shows on TV. There's Naked and Afraid, Buying Naked, Naked Vegas. There's an upcoming game show network offering called Skin Wars. And this bit of Naughty Bits, VH1's new show, Dating Naked. Tonight on Dating Naked. Hey, you're naked, I'm naked. Everything is right there in front of this guy that I don't know. You might just want to walk in front of me on this drive. Because you want to look at my ass. Basically. So what I wanted to do was talk to an expert on being naked. Someone who has actually been naked. Who has taken off all his clothes in front of strangers. Now, actually, such a person is easy to find. There are all these nudists who want to blanket you with words as they strip themselves of garments. No, I say, I rebuff those in the buff. I want an everyman, a man like the rest of us. The reluctant nude, the why didn't I keep my pants on demographic. Dave Hill is such a man. He is the author of Tasteful Nudes and Other Misguided Attempts at Personal Growth and Validation. Hey, Dave, thanks for joining us. Hello. So in your book, you go on a naked cruise. You're doing a radio story. Uh, the boat departed from Sheepshead Bay. What was the uh, background of the people, the demo of the people you were on the boat with? I would say 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of them have crystals at home mm-hmm. and uh, dream catchers. <laughs> and just about like when, when we left, there's a lot of people like... There's a lot of tie-dye and batik stuff. And I'm not knocking all this. I'm just saying, like, it was kind of... That's who they are. ...what I expected. But, you know, in their defense, most of them look perfectly fine with clothes on. The clothes did them well. Yeah, I mean, people wear clothes for a reason, you know? And that's what I got from watching this show. That most of the conversations about the show... I guess if you're on a date and it's bad, that's an instant conversation go-to if there's ever a lull. Like, hey, we're naked. Like, if you're on a date on this dating show. Wait, so on this show yeah. that you, you're talking about, what is it called? Uh, naked and Dating. Dating Naked. Oh, Dating Naked. Dating Naked. And the idea, is, it's a bunch of nudists who date, or, or it's no. a bunch of people who are not nudists, and then they have to date naked? It is a dating show, as if dating shows never invented an angle. So it's just, we're going to pair two people up and have them, like, hang out in some island locale. Okay. But the thing is, they're naked. Oh, Okay. Then I think the next question would be like, and? Like, kind of, and nothing. And they're naked, and every once in a while, or very often, actually, they make reference to the fact that they're naked. But I don't think we learn anything. This is why I want to have you on. These people, these clothing-optional people. Yeah. All right, let's even discuss that. Well, there is also, yeah, 
clothing. There is no option. That's the question. Why would they phrase it like that? Why would that be an attractive a, way to put forth their lifestyle? It's a misnomer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything in life is kind of clothing optional, you know, if you bear the if cost of think, getting arrested yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, there's no option there. It's yeah. A, uh, well, I mean, you could. I, I went on it. You know, I took my shirt off because I thought that would be sort of like a, an olive branch. Because I was going and recording it for this radio show, Fair Game. But then I took my shirt off and they were like, what's that? Like, that's nothing. They were relentless until... Do you think that if you hadn't even made that gesture, they would have been better with just a fully clothed person who said, I have no uh, inkling of getting naked? Maybe, yeah. Because they didn't seem to be giving... The... It was a writer from the New York Times and a photographer from the New York Times. And they didn't seem to be giving them a hard time. And those people in no way were playing the game. They were not. No. Like, I felt like I was more, you know, trying to get on board. But they, I feel like they resented that. But they didn't resent it when my junk was out. Yeah? Oh. They, they celebrated it? They loved it. So, okay. So then what happened? You took your shirt off. Well, the whole, th- the whole time. This is the thing. Yeah. Am I allowed to say it, swear? Yeah. I mean. You They're full God. of shit. Okay. These people. Which is fine, like, but you should just be like, I want to hang out with a bunch of other naked people. I want to see other naked people's junks. Yeah. That's what I'm into. They should just say that. But then there's, like, a guy. It's kind of cold, rainy night on this boat. Not the best night for clothed boating or naked boating. But then there's this dude. He has, like, a, a track suit jacket on and a baseball hat, but is naked from the waist down. So I'm like, why are you, uh, why are you wearing a, a jacket? And he's like, oh, I'm kind of cold. I'm like, you're only cold from the waist up. And he's like, no. I'm like, well, what? Wouldn't it stand a reason that you would put the track pants on also? Yeah. And he's like, no, I. Don't but and I'm just like, you, you just want to have your dick out. Like, why don't you just admit you want your cock and balls swinging in the breeze? Like, it feels nice. It's nice to do every once in a while. Just to. There's no shame in that, but they won't ever admit that. And then, so the whole, and they're like, oh no, we're not, we don't look at each other's junk and this isn't sexual at all. And then like, so we go, we go up on the, whatever, the upper, the upper deck and we're walking around by everyone's drinks and, uh, and, and then so they're like, come on, Dave, you know, take your pants off. So I took my pants off and I'm down to my boxers. Okay. And, you know, I think that they're going to be like, oh, you know, good for him. But that was, that just made it worse. They were just like, what is this? You you can't, you can't, come on, Dave. They're like begging, you know, like 15 people. And then so finally, and, you know, I was not the, I was certainly not the best, uh, wasn't in the best shape of anyone there, but I wasn't in the worst. So I was like, what, you know, couldn't, what's, what's the matter? Might as well take my take my boxers off and i swear my genitals almost burst into flames the second i did that because they were just like all eyes on my junk and i was just like i busted you guys are all checking me out and they're like well we're gonna look like you know they admit it and then as soon as i was naked the gloves were off like everyone was like their gloves on so is that (laughs) the figurative oh i you know the figurative gloves yeah they were just like, they they were like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in like a, you know, polyamory group that goes out to this beach. You should come around next weekend, and then like, you know, they're like, oh, we're like in a swingers group. That's how we met, and everyone was just 
telling me like the real deal right and oh. just uh and and because I, I was like kind of one of them all of a sudden like i could there'd be like a woman whose downtown real estate was you know waxed or completely shaved and i'd be like oh you know nice vagina or whatever sure. yeah whatever i said mm-hmm. something something charming polite uh and she's like oh thank you very much and uh you could just talk about whatever once I became more open, they became more open yeah. and honest. So I know you're a musician. Does nakedness or at least partial nudity come into play in music? I think it can be good. It helps take things to the next level. I usually only employ, like, I'll, I'll take my shirt off more in a guest slot. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm doing a guest appearance with the band, like uh, the band Down, one of my favorite bands, was playing at the Best Buy Theater a couple months ago, and they had me come out and rip a sweet solo at the end of the show. And I took my shirt off for that because I was like, it's the end of the show. We really got to take things to the next level, give the finger to that level, yeah, and go to the next level after that. Yeah. And you can't do that with your shirt on. It's funny, the difference between you doing a solo without your shirt on and that guy who had the jacket on but no pants just really points out how important the last word is in the phrase, naked from the waist up or down. Like, yeah. where you go with that last well, word, you're you don't want to be You don't want to be pulling a porky pig out there like <laughs> that dude on the boat. You want to go, if you're, you know, it doesn't, you don't take the pants off first. Otherwise, that's all, folks. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Dave Hill, author of Tasteful Nudes, host of the goddamn Dave Hill Show on WFMU. Thank you. Thank you. And now the spiel. Sioux Falls. I've been to Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls is secretly a really good city. And I've been seeing more and more evidence of how cool Sioux Falls is. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, by the way. For instance, they have their own women's roller derby team. And not only do the Sioux Falls roller dolls entertain, they do public days in the park where they encourage young girls who they call the baby dolls. That's cool. On the Sioux Falls website, there's this link to all the ways that Sioux Falls has been in the top 10. And I counted the number of exclamations on this list of top 10s. 17 exclamation marks. Operation Timber Strike. I don't know what that is, but it got an exclamation. It says, what a team, comma, citizens, city, state, and private. Exclamation. No serious injuries reported. Exclamation. Operation Timber Strike went really well. Number seven on that list of top 10 downtown is one happening place. That's a thing. That's a thing Sioux Falls did. It made downtown a happening place. Bullet point number five, extensive makeover dash public parking. Sure, I'll buy that. It gets a little more technical, like number three, over 3,000 new jobs, exclamation. Unemployment rate drops from 4% to 3.1%. That's great. Number five, Event center sponsorship sales are staggering, exclamation. And then it lists bullet point number five. Well on our way to, quote, all caps, 
operating in the black. Now, as I read this list bragging about all the great things that Sioux Falls has done, I just think of like a Leslie Nope character. I know whoever wrote this list watches Parks and Rec and is just so damn enthusiastic about things about Sioux Falls. And it's infectious. Now, maybe it's easy because I've been there, but Sioux Falls seems to be, well, number nine. Shape Places Unanimously Approved. I don't know what Shape Places is, but exclamation, they're loving Sioux Falls. When I went to Sioux Falls, when of the best things that I did, I went to this beautiful building and it was made with what looked like terracotta, but I found out it was some sort of quartzite, jasper quartzite, imported. Do you import along state lines? I don't know. They brought it over from Minnesota. It's a beautiful building. The history of Sioux Falls was there. Really like Sioux Falls. At night, everything goes dark, but this one kind of tallish building that's about 12 stories is lit. It's all good. And they describe the U.S. courthouse in Sioux Falls this way. The monumental Romanesque courthouse embodies and validates the federal government's faith in westward expansion. So like any sane supporter of Sioux Falls, I was really excited cited for Cesfeb Kesef. You don't know about Cesfeb Kesef? Cesfeb Kesef is the committee to establish for the city of Sioux Falls a suitable flying banner. Yes, this exercise in Sioux Falls promotion has now turned into a vexillology corner because Sioux Falls is trying to figure out a city flag. They have 12 finalists. They're all so Sioux Fallsian. And I know the pictures of flags. It's very hard to communicate that over the podcast, over the fake radio. So everyone, go to the Facebook page. I'll link to them all. So I'm going to describe the flags for you. You got Sierra Leone minus the white plus a circle of anti-homeless spikes. Ukraine with an angry pizza cutter in the middle. Inverted Sweden with the inverted Nauru. Mingling blobs with star. You got Sweden with a hollow sheriff's badge. You got your tonsured monk bowing down. You got your blue squiggle ascending with starburst. You got your blue squiggle ascending without starburst. You got your not quite a trapezium. You got your descending waves with a horsey eye. You got your Tetris in a binary star system. Who wins? I like Sierra Leone homeless spikes. It says welcome, but at the same time, it says get out. These are homeless spikes. But you know, the descriptions do not do them justice. Our Facebook page is where we'll have the links. And I'm going to encourage all of us, all of us just listeners, to go and vote on a flag for Sioux Falls. Now, you might be saying, wait a minute, where outsiders to Sioux Falls. Why should we even get a vote? And I'll tell you why. It will provide a connection to Sioux Falls. When you're figuring out where to go on your next vacation, you might say, hey, Sioux Falls, they have a new flag and I helped vote for it. So I think that this will boost, I don't know, maybe you could coincide your visit with a a roller dolls exhibition. Who knows? But I think it will give you a connection to Sioux Falls, some stake in America's 47th fastest growing city. And so when you see the soft green, blue, and yellow of the quasi trapezium flying over the town on the Big Sioux River, That town will be more than just the center of a major metropolitan area at the junction of Interstates 90 and 29. It will be at the junction of your heart. And that is it for today's show. Andrea Salenzi, producer of Slate Podcasts, often sings lyrics to The Bear Came Over the Mountain, which she did not write. Andy Bowers, executive producer of Slate Podcasts, has always told his daughter, I'll always be there for you. Research reveals a lot of other dads have said that before him. You can subscribe on iTunes and give us a review. You go to Stitcher or SoundCloud. Sign up for our daily email at slate.com slash gist email. We are on facebook.com slash slate gist. 50 more to get to 1,000. I think that's critical mass. Vote for Sioux Fall flags on facebook.com slash slate gist. Email the gist at slate.com. And in the spirit of true originality, I want to leave 
leave you with a thought that I believe has never been expressed before. So here goes. When life gets you down, remember, Gorilla Winnebago rigmarole on a thin carpaccio of recycled Estonian cellophane. Barring that, thanks for listening.